take this day by storm I'm gonna wake up in a new life Next day doing encore Get ready to ignite your passion and unleash your inner innovator. Welcome to the Launch Podcast, the energizing show where we're breaking barriers, building dreams, and sparking positive change in the technology world. Join us on a thrilling ride through cutting-edge technology, visionary insights, and inspiring success stories. From entrepreneurs to founders, from executives to investors, this is your space to empower, create, and embrace the power of community. So buckle up, because together we're fueling the future of innovation here on the Launch Podcast. Let's rock this journey and light up the world of possibilities. All right, here on the Launch Podcast, we're really excited about our next guest. He is the founder and managing partner of Hardware Velocity. He's also the advisor for Rep One Strength. His story and journey as an entrepreneur you'll find to be incredibly inspiring. Let's welcome Mike Pika. Good to be here, Bobby. Mike, just to start things off for our audience who doesn't know you, can you give them a sense of your background and who you are? Yeah, sure. So I started in engineering, began my career, and over time I started to realize that you know engineering is a lot of fun, expanded in between mechanical, electrical, and embedded engineering, which is some software. And I eventually met a great leader and manager, Tom Moyland, who I still talk to to this day. And that inspired me a bit more to lead and manage people. And from that point forward, which was about 10 years ago, I jumped around at a large number of startups, probably a dozen and a half. And yeah, that's, that's really where I am today. So your journey in hardware development Let's just start with what inspired you to pursue a career in this field. Sure. So upon graduating, I didn't really know what I didn't know. Right? And I, I thought, you know, all this textbook work and solving engineering problems was a lot of fun and what really was what engineering was all about. And, you know, upon getting more exposure in the real world, I started to realize there's, there's more than just, you know, solving engineering problems and what started getting me more excited over time is uh, these smaller organizations that have a lot of focus on a specific mission and getting that camaraderie across a team uh, was really exciting to me mike i want to jump in a little bit into your journey where you're working with different smaller companies and organizations and transitioning from one organization to another. Can you just give us a sense of, you know, in between nine to five, what you're learning and picking up as you're changing from company to company and growing and sort of brewing in parallel this sort of entrepreneurial spirit? Sure. So over time, like I mentioned, I've been at all these different startups and a dozen and a half. And oftentimes what would happen with hardware development is that a company may run out of money or may realize that it's very difficult to launch this hardware because they need more cash and investors don't want to put it in. So they switch to something like software as a product or a white labeled product, which is, you know, something you could buy off the shelf with, with a partner. And that meant that as an engineering leader, I didn't have a job anymore. And this happened multiple times, eventually to the point where 
was a lot of fun to be part of these small companies that have a you know common vision and mission and all this camaraderie. But it didn't feel like it was really logical to keep putting all my eggs in a single basket and helping a single startup. So what I transitioned to was helping multiple organizations between my nine to five to diversify and reduce my own risk. Hardware velocity, right, was sort of in the making as you were experiencing this this journey, you know, with different smaller startups. Can you give the audience a sense of the startup community, a sense of when did you decide to flip the switch? And when you sort of changed to becoming your own founder, your own owner of the company, the leader of the startup, the risks, what are you feeling and what's motivating you to move forward? Sure. So this is in the fall of last year, I got laid off from the startup. And, you know, since it had happened multiple times, I wasn't necessarily like I had some kind of emotion towards the company, but at the same time, I understood why it had to happen and, you know, it was okay. So I felt a little exhausted and I thought maybe I should join a larger organization just to give myself a little break. And of course, in the fall of last year, there were a large amount of tech layoffs in the middle of the hiring process I was going through some larger tech like Meta, Amazon and Google. And at that point, I just thought, okay, well, I want to keep working. I love startups, but I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket. So maybe I could help multiple companies at the same time. And I was fortunate that I had some savings that I could afford to try this out for, let's say, six months. You know, it doesn't take very much money to start up a consulting business. I could work from from home. I don't need a lot of material. So I started working through my network and I didn't necessarily have much of a fear. For me, it was more, how can I take the right steps to keep moving forward? And sometimes for me, what will happen is I'll paralyze myself with an action because I think of all these different things I could be doing instead of just trying something. Right. And I think as I started to speak to my network more, even though I didn't know what I'd get out of certain calls I'd have, the idea and vision for where I could go started to just formulate from everyone's feedback and advice. Yeah, there's no question your experience, I think for a lot of founders and startups, having the right people, the right level of support, mentors, advisors, friends and family, because being an entrepreneur is challenging. Being an entrepreneur is is climbing hills and mountains. It's lonely. It's dealing with setback. It's being resilient, right? It's being adaptive. And so your experience there seems like it was a culmination of you know, years of sort of transitioning from one organization to another, but really sort of an epiphany of, I can do this on my own and I have all the skills I need to move this forward. Definitely. And, you know, the other thing I'd like to shout out in terms of mentorship and just your network, you know, while I was starting this journey the end of last year and collecting some unemployment from New York State where I live, New York State reached out and said, there is a mentorship program that's free. For starting entrepreneurs called SCORE, S-C-O-R-E. And I just want to call them out because I currently have two mentors. One of them was the CEO of KISS FM. Another one was a tech leader. And these are people that are very late in their career, pretty much retired and have made a ton of money and are just bored. So they're 
allocating some of their time to help people starting their own companies. And it's, you know, free to get that support. Mike, you seem incredibly modest. When you talk about getting sort of pushed down eight times, getting back up nine, you know, responding the way you have sort of have done most recently to unemployment with hardware velocity. I mean, what's your motivation? It's a great question. And over the years, you know, you say different words like, oh, ambition. Oh, is it growth? Is it learning? Is it money? Is it fame? I, and what I've come to a point of, um, you know, some years ago, I guess three to five years ago, I did this values exercise. And, you know, you look at, you create this list of some common values that people might have, you know, family, love, ambition, relationship, all these different things. And you try to circle a few and get to a point where you have your top three to five. And when I got to that point, my number one driver for me has always been learning. So I'm just interested. I'm curious. I want to keep finding out more. If I do the same thing too many times, I begin to get bored. And for me, that pattern uh, is pretty clear even in my career because I started in mechanical engineering. I got a little bored, so I expanded into electrical engineering. Started to get a little bored. I expanded and embedded. Then I switched to managing teams. Then I expanded it to helping production and operations. So for me, the driver is more curiosity and learning. So I'd love to pivot and have a couple minutes with you on hardware velocity and the hardware industry. And from my perspective, it feels like the hardware industry is known for longer development cycles compared to software, compared to other technology. Can you give the audience a sense of what hardware velocity does and a little bit more around the sort of the hardware industry and what it, what it is day to day? Sure. So hardware velocity supports organizations to develop new products at the highest level and it tries to help companies do it faster. Now, this can come in a lot of different forms. And during the development cycle, there's a number of stages which you need the right kind of support and the right kind of focus along the way. In the beginning, it might be trying to figure out exactly what the customer really wants. In the middle, it's very low level and focused engineering work. And then towards the end, it's working on relationships with a production partner. They all require very different skill sets and very different support agencies. So I help along that entire development cycle. And depending upon the company's need, sometimes it'll be more mentorship for the company and coaching. Other times it's actually executing day to day. Sometimes it's bringing on engineering team members. I have a long list of engineers that I've worked with over the years that I'll bring to companies as needed. So sort of the whole gambit there, depending upon what the company needs. And you're working with a lot of different companies, company sizes, you know, cross functional teams, different levels of the organization. Can you just provide some insights as a founder and the importance of relationships, communication and soft skills to be successful? Oh, 100%. In terms of just the hardware development cycle, any founder that doesn't necessarily have a lot of technical chops in hardware is going to be best off bringing on engineers that have experience launching products, and they just won't know the right questions to ask. But in general, you want to stop, start at a very top level to understand uh, certain metrics and track certain metrics of product requirements, schedule, and costs. But 
bringing on the right kinds of team members to help bring up the right questions and push back on you along the way is, is incredibly important to keep moving forward fast and effectively. That's an internal relationship management thing. External, as soon as you start to switch to producing a product, the majority of companies don't build their products in-house. They use a manufacturing partner. Now you're talking about a relationship to another company, and that relationship is also incredibly important right. to build and, and effectively get your product out. The more I learn about hardware velocity, the more I'm just beyond impressed with how quickly you've scaled over the last 12 months. What bit of advice would you give to startups or founders so for a product based when they're thinking of growing their business or growing the product or service they're offering? And what's important, particularly early on? Business, the focus on the customer getting as much in front of the customer as possible, getting as much feedback as possible, continuing to iterate as quick as possible, especially as software products, because it's that, you know, feedback cycle and release process is a lot easier. I mean, you're going to get impacted by brand if you, if you look really poor on, on maybe a launch or something, but you know, I, you can cycle quickly and get that feedback and put it in front of your key demographic for hardware. It's the same thing. But even more important to get that customer feedback as early as possible, because the later you are in a development cycle, it's like, you know, trying to redirect a train going 200 miles per hour. If you're suddenly changing features, there's already been a lot of development focus and testing. If you try to switch something, it's very difficult. So as early as possible, if you're talking about growth and improving your product or releasing your first product, getting as much feedback on prototypes or proof of concepts as possible in front of your key demographic to both raise money and make sure your customers stay happy. We absolutely agree here at Launch. I certainly agree with the voice of the customer, customer centricity, customer feedback, community validation, market validation to influence, to provide the opportunity to to move your product or service in, in the direction it needs to move in to fill that need and ultimately meet and exceed you know, client customer expectations. What I'm curious to ask you, particularly for somebody who's moving so fast, how do you balance and what's your guidance or advice between balancing planning and execution? When for most founders, when the ceiling is time, the ceiling is capacity, how do you balance those two things? Yeah, it's incredibly challenging. I mean, you don't necessarily want to be updating your schedule every single day, but every three to four months, it's maybe it's not worth it now or more worth it. So in general, for hardware, you constantly want to try to figure out when am I going to get to my next raise? And what's a good reason for me to raise more capital? What can I do today that not only goes in the right direction to prove my market's right and my customers are going to be happy, but also to make investors excited and want to put more capital into the business. There will normally be a number of funding rounds, but one of the final funding rounds before launch will be to shift to production because it's a very high upfront cost to shift everything over. So yeah, there's there's a number of things to think about, but the planning versus the execution, I because as long as you're able to keep driving towards 
your next capital raise and balancing that plan and execution to do that, you're going to be in a good place. Obviously, here at launch, we're looking at removing that barrier, that that capital raise, and enabling people to kind of come as they are and, and freely bring their ideas and contribute their skills to you know move products and ideas successfully in the market. What I want to get to, Mike, honestly, is your response as an entrepreneur, your response as a founder. What's your approach when you're dealing with setback or unexpected change or challenges with a new client or lapse in time and schedule that's holding things up in a development life cycle for one of your clients? How do you typically respond and what do you think through? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think so there is sort of this emotional attachment you have when, you, when you're doing these things, right? It's a, something I care a lot about. And I think uh, there's a few things that have helped me a lot that have been a little different since I've started doing this on my own. The first is it's not just one company I'm helping. So if I lose the relationship, I'm not stuck because I've got a bunch of other ones. In the past, it's been you know W2 employee. If I lose this, it might be a little more stressful. Right. So it allows me to separate myself a little bit and saying, look, this, you know, tell them how I see it, right? Tell the team how I see it. Tell the founder how I see it. They don't like it and they don't enjoy working with me at that point and they want to go a different direction. They can, right? And that, that's all right. So I think for me, it's been figuring out a way to separate myself, you know, based on the, that emotional attachment I typically have to organizations. Because in the end here, it's really, we're all just trying to enjoy ourselves. And I really care about growing people. And if I'm helping the team grow, even if I'm not hitting an ideal development cycle, it still seems like a win. Yeah. Mike, what does success look like for you as an entrepreneur? What does success look like for hardware velocity if you think about the next five years? And more importantly, why? Yeah, so personally, I really like the opportunity to help people grow. But I think for hardware velocity itself, I'd like more hardware companies to be able to flourish in this really difficult world of hardware. And I think a company like Launch makes a lot of sense to be able to help things like this. There's a lot of times you see hardware companies, you, you think of hardware companies, most people are thinking of the, the largest ones you could possibly think of have been around for years. But what about new ones? You know, there'll be incubators within these larger tech companies, but some kind of separation for new companies and new ideas to be able to launch fast and have some guidance along the way. There could be a really creative world out there, right? That things actually get implemented into things. So I'm, I'm really hoping that hardware velocity can help to accelerate more companies to exist in that space of hardware. You mentioned the importance of a number of different programs based in New York that gave you access to some mentors. Can you give the audience a sense of the questions you are asking, the guidance you are getting, and how important is it in those experiences that now it's successful entrepreneur to pay it forward? Yeah, so for me, the challenge in starting this business was marketing and sales, which I've never done before. And these mentors... I searched for was really to guide me in that area. So there were a number of mentors that I spoke with that have a lot of that background that helped guide me to be able to focus on the right things. 
Now, in terms of paying it back and helping others, I think that many people inside really do value helping others. And when you start to talk to more inexperienced people doing something that you've done multiple times and realize that you're actually helping them just from having a conversation, it really makes you feel feel great. And you're also building just another relationship for yourself as well. So I think uh, it's important. And while it may feel like a hassle at first to just have a call with someone and not necessarily see where it's going to go, you might be able to help each other. And, you know, you never know how you might be able to help someone else. So as we look up to wrap up this podcast, I'm curious, what advice do you have for individual startups? Entrepreneurs looking to enter the hardware engineering field, the hardware industry, aspiring to be you? Sure. So for startup founders, I'll speak from two different vantage points. We'll talk about an engineer and a startup founder. So for startup founders, find leaders or mentors that have done have released hardware products before. Your journey will be a lot less painful. Hiring full-time leaders at a startup that are had gone through a number of development cycles is incredibly challenging, both because they're expensive, they don't want the risk. So having some kind of mentors and advisors to help you will just make your life easier. If you're an engineer trying to break into the hardware space, you're going to need to accept if you've been in a larger tech company, a significant drop in cash compensation, but it's going to lead to you exploring a lot of different areas that you never got exposure to laterally because you were part of such a large organization. And it'll give you the chance to see a lot of things you might not like to do, but then help you find the place that you really are happiest and release the most things and may eventually turn you on to also becoming a, a startup founder. And Mike, one last question, which is kind of reflecting last 12 to 60 months, looking back at your journey, what are a couple things that you would have advised yourself or wish you had known going into this whole sort of life-changing experience now as a successful founder? I still struggle with it now, but just be patient. You've got a good client. They like you. Make sure they keep liking you, right? Keep pleasing them. You know, just one client a month may be fine. You know, push, push yourself too hard. Even if I sit back and go a little slower versus faster, it feels like it's going the same speed. So I, I just, I think balancing um, expectations, yeah, being patient. That's right. Yeah. Well, Mike, I really, really appreciate your time. I know our audience does as well. And as we think about the launch platform and hardware velocity, you're a great inspirational example of what is possible particularly outside of the non-technology, you know, outside of the technology industry. And I think from my perspective, we'd love to have you on a future podcast, potentially with students, possibly people in early career who are also trying to get into the hardware industry with their startup. And I think your advice and your experience and sharing your perspective would be really appreciative. Sure, I'd very much enjoy that. So Mike Pika, we really appreciate your time. For those who are interested in getting in touch with Mike, we are including his LinkedIn profile in the podcast description. 
Mike, we appreciate your time. We hope to have you on a future podcast. Thanks, Bobby. It's good to be here. I want to thank our audience and all the trailblazers out there for joining us on an exhilarating journey through the world of technology and innovation. Remember, the power to change the game is in your hands. Stay charged, stay inspired, and keep breaking barriers. Because we're just getting started on this launch journey with all of these startups. Join us next time for another episode filled with sparks of brilliance and boundless opportunities. And until then, keep dreaming big, stay curious, and keep pushing the boundaries. Together, we'll shape a future that's brighter, bolder, and more inclusive. Keep that energy high and see you on the next episode of the Launch Podcast. Be well.